This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, friends, friends, countrymen, Romans, here's the grand finale. As the sun is about to set, I want to share with you a story, literally one of the most frightening stories I ever heard, and it involves Moses Montefiore. About 130 years ago, a five-volume work called Nasivas Oilam was written by Max Kohl, a Jewish apostate and anti-Semite, and it was disseminated throughout England. The work is basically slander against the oral law, the Jewish people, and Judaism in general. It drips venom and hatred against all things Jewish. It appeared in English, in Hebrew, and it affected English Jewry very sorely. And there was a major conference, how to plan a counterattack to this five-volume work, Nesiva Solom. Who was able to attend the meeting? Sir Moses Montefiore. He was about to leave. He was about to go to Damascus to defend the Jewish people from the blood libel of 1840. By the way, from Damascus, he went to Russia to intervene with Tsar Nikolai I against the religious persecution in Russia. So Moses Montefiore had the following suggestion. They're going to finance the writing of a book. That would be a counter-argument. would rebut all the claims of anti-Semitism. Now this rebuttal had to be scientific, had to be logical, had to be precise. And Montefiore suggested that they speak with some Russian scholars. And finally, somebody by the name of Yitzchak Bear Levinson composed a book called Zerubbabel. And Zerubbabel completely shattered the Nasiva Solom. And uh, it sort of restored Jewish pride. And rumor has it that as a result of this book, which was the fruit of uh, Montefiore's imagination, the author of the Siva Solom did Shuva, and he died the Charata, and he died in Shuva, but only a few people know about it, and after the story, you'll know about it as well. Fasten your seatbelts. The Rav of Grodna. Rav Binyamin Diskin, the son of the great guy, Rabbi Sholeib Diskin, he conducted his rabbinical court with uh, an iron hand and he was admired throughout the world for the strength of his Besdin. You see the members of his Besdin sat in the outer courtyard and they handled every small shaila. and when there was a bigger shaila, they allowed entrance to Rav Binyamin Diskin and when he gave a psak, it was like the Kohen Gado reading from the Urim Vitumim. But not anybody could just get into Rabbi Yaman Diskin. One day a coach, it looked pretty much like this coach, stopped in front of the Rav's house. From there hastily emerged a distinguished looking woman of wealthy appearance. She enters the Bezin's chambers. She says she's a citizen of Prussia. She needs to see the rabbi. It's an emergency. They told her people don't just see the rabbi. She said this is an emergency of the highest proportions. She tells the Rav, she came from Germany, she was raised a very God-fearing woman, and she lowers her voice, and she tremblingly, trebling, <laughs> tremblingly, began the story. She said, my father was the debased author of Nasiva Soilam the apostate, the Nesiva Solom. Let me explain to you how he wrote that book. In his youth, he was a Rebbe in the Yeshiva and Lita. He was paid very poorly. 
It all starts from bad salaries for the Rebbe. Then the villagers start to accuse him of Kalas Roish and making fun of Minhage Yisrael. And even though he was a good Rebbe, they stopped paying him. He had to leave his uh, livelihood. He had to wander and he left our house. No, we didn't know where he went. We lost communication with him. We didn't want to believe what we heard, but we had heard that he converted to Christianity and he's joined a sect of missionaries in London. London's a dangerous place. When the Nesiva Sa'olam appeared in London, and we heard that the author of the Nesiva Sa'olam was none other than the Rebbe of Lita, our father, my mother was horrified, everybody was embarrassed, we were ashamed, people began to collect money for us, my, money, my mother opened up a store, she remained her whole life a modest, God-fearing woman, and she somehow retained the respect of her neighbors. All the years, this woman said, the goal of my life was to wipe out any vestige of memory of my father. I married a Tamar Chacham, I established my own family, and nobody at any time would ever want to remember our father, the apostate, the Nesiva Solom. Until the woman burst into sobbing. One day I received a letter from London. When I opened it, my world turned dark. It was a letter from my father who I hadn't heard of for 30 years. I've been begging Hashem to take his memory away from me so that his memory did not sully my soul. The unopened letter aroused in me feelings of disgust and I couldn't bring myself to open it and finally when I opened it it read as follows. You ready for this? Dear daughter, Well do I know how base and despised I am in your eyes and in the eyes of all the Jewish people. Do I know the extent and gravity of my terrible sins to God, His Torah, and His nation? But I wish you to know, my dear daughter, that after many years, during which I transgressed the most serious sins and sank into the quagmire of depravity, the Jewish spark was again rekindled in my heart. My conscience began to plague me. Feelings of regret began to gnaw away at me. I realized that my good friends, the Christian instigators, they tried to take advantage of me for my own purposes. And as soon as that book, Zerubbabel, was written that debunked everything I wrote, they realized I was not so valuable. They realized that I did not add to their ammunition. And they forsook me. They mocked me. And I had to leave them completely. Now I live in a village, old and ill, broken in body and spirit, not knowing where to turn or how to find shelter in my helpless position. In my trouble, I appeal to you, my dear daughter. Save me, admit me into your house, and support me in my degraded old age in the way that you see fit. This letter, the woman said, shook me to the core. We discussed this with great Tamid Chachamim and we decided to respond to my father as follows. We agreed to let you come and live with us on condition that you remove every vestige of your previous status. You must grow a beard, grow long payas, wear Jewish attire, and oh, one more stipulation. You may never speak to anyone else again in your life. And then you could come live in our house and die in the room. My father received the letter and he immediately accepted its conditions. He began his journey, broken, debilitated, ill, debased. He went into the room, he cried like a child for days on end. He withered away. 
he basically died a slow death. He was lying on his sickbed one day, too weak to lift up his head. We could already discern the signs of approaching death when he called to us, and in a voice so weak, he said, Now let me reveal to you, my children, why I became a heretic. This is my duty as I lay on my deathbed, a secret, which please reveal to the rabbis of the generation, perhaps this will be a mitigating factor for me in the world to come. Dear children, you may know that our family originates from Altona, one of the three famous German cities where Rabbi Yonis and Ibish had served as the Rav when my father was a young man. As you may be aware, a heated controversy sprang up between Rabbi Yaakov Emden and Rabbi Yonis and Ibish. It's about the Kameois, charms inscribed with holy names. It's Rabbi Yonis and Ibish with excellent Kabbalistic information, was proficient and in, and Rabbi Yaakov Emden, the Yaivitz, suspected many of, be, of consorting with the false Messiah, Shabtai Tzvi, against whom his father Chacham Tzvi had battled violently. And in his zeal, Rav Yaakov Emden accused anybody of suspicion of being a member of the inner circle of Shabtai Tzvi. Rav Yaakov Emden moved to Altona. And the heads of the community said, Rav Yaakov Emden, we respect you of uh, being a big Talmud Chacham, but if you go to the main shul, the moment you hear one drasha from Rav Yonis and Ibishitz, you're going to be all over him, you're going to call him out, it's going to create great machlekes, do us a favor, please start your house minion. Even though house minyanim are the root of all evil in the world, nevertheless, we don't have a choice, you can't daven in the main shul. By the way, friends, don't daven in house minyanim. It ain't good for anybody. But by the way, so they told Rabbi Yaakov Emden that he would ha- be able to have his house minion. And my father, the Nesiva Soylem said, Your grandfather, he says to his daughter, was the scribe of Rabbi Yaakov Emden. He was blessed with exceptional talent of expression and use of writing. And when Rabbi Yaakov Emden accused Rabbi Yonis and Ibishitz, of Sabadianism, it was my father who was the scribe to record the Sefer Akitsas Akrav that accused Rabbi Yonis and Ibishitz of all of Rabbi Yaakov Emden's accusations. Now, here's what happened. Well, oh, here it is. This is the main paper. One of the pamphlets called Akitsas Akrav lashed out violently against Rabbi and Ibishitz, and it was published on the day of my bris milah. So my dad published the Akitsas Akrav against Rabbi and Ibishitz at the day of my bris milah. And it was disseminated at my bris after the circumcision and everyone came to my father and said, Mazel tov, double Mazel tov. Mazel tov on the birth of Max and Mazel tov on the publishing of Akitsas Akrav. What an amazing work for Klal Yisrael. This is incredible. May your child grow up to fight the same battles that you fight. And my father heard those words with great delight. And he turned to Rabbi Yaakov Emden, Nu, Zagibur, what do you say about such a bracha, that my son should grow up to be such a good writer that I am? And Rabbi Yaakov Emden said, Amen. 
Kain Yehirat Sain, may your son write works as you wrote against Fabianus and Ibishitz. I did not hear that story until the day of my bar mitzvah. But on my bar mitzvah, my father told me the story of how Rav Yaakov Emden gave me a bracha that I should grow up to be like my father who wrote against Rabbianus and Ibishitz. But here, my dear children, begins the murky, shameful chapter of my life. From the day of my bar mitzvah and on, I tried to subdue those thoughts that took over me. But I couldn't help but constantly think about my father's battles against the saintly Rabbianus and Ibishitz. And here, Rabbi Yaakov Emden, the true tzaddik, gave me a bracha that I should write such works. And slowly, feelings and thoughts of Apikarsus took over me that I should write works against the Torah, against Hashem, against Chachme Yisrael. And even though I know a person always retains my free choice, I feel that my free choice in this world was mitigated because my father solicited the bracha of Rabbi Yaakov Emden. And even though he was a tzaddik and this is not what he meant, but because there was an element of Chil Hashem involved and this bracha was given, that is why I ended up writing the work, Nesivas Oilam. And therefore I beg you, please tell the story to the Chachme Yisrael that they should pray for my soul so that when I get up to the Bezin Shomala, they accept my tshuva with an understanding that in a certain respect I was coerced, min HaShamayim, to write this work. This is the story that this woman told Rav Benyamin Diskin. Rabbeinu, the woman concluded, as soon as my father had spoken these words, he breathed his last breath. I am impelled to fulfill his last will, and that's what brought me to your house, to come to you, Rabbi Yamin, and ask you, please pray that my father's soul have an elevation in the world to come. Rabbi Yamin promised to fulfill her request. He walked out into the courtyard, he told over the story to the Bezdin, and he added, My friends, this story should serve as a rousing example of the length one should go always to avoid controversy, even when you think you're doing it l'shem shamayim, and even when good people tell you to get involved. The entire chapter of this heretic's repentance and return to the fold had many causes but the Chachme Yisrael believed that the primary cause of why this individual, the Nesiva Solom, eventually did tshuva is because of the efforts of Harav Moshe, Ben Harav Yosef Eliyahu, through the efforts of Sir Moses Montefiore, who hired Rev Levinson in Russia to write the work Zerubavel, which put an end to the Nesiva Solom and ultimately to his tshuva. Thank you very much for joining us today. For more great adventures, ask Josh what we're doing next. Maybe tomorrow where there's uh, some interesting forum if you want to join us. Call to Bye-bye. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.